0: in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned, at the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us. So be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching from the book of Luke, chapter 11. So grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney.
1: Originally, God gave them the Torah, the Torah, From the Torah, they created a book called the Mishnah. And then from the Mishnah, they wrote the Talmud, which were the writings that explained the Mishnah, which explained the Torah. So, get the CD. So they had so many laws and precepts and traditions added to the law, it was impossible to bear it. Notice in verse 46, Jesus said, woe number four, woe to you lawyers because you're heaping burdens on God's people. Jesus said, woe to you lawyers for you're loading men down with burdens hard to bear and you yourselves do not touch the burdens with one finger. Now in the Mishnah, listen in the Mishnah, and the Torah, pardon me, the Talmud. They were the books with the rules and the regulations, and by the way, these were underscore, bold, man-made rules and regulations that were impossible to keep. For example, in the Talmud and the Mishnah, you couldn't get this. You couldn't look into a mirror on the Sabbath day because you might see a gray hair and pull it. And they considered that harvesting. Now, I guess for some folks, maybe that would be harvesting. In the Mishnah and the Talmud, get this, you couldn't wear false teeth on the Sabbath because you would be carrying a burden. On the Sabbath, you couldn't carry anything in your right hand or your left hand, get this, you couldn't carry anything in your right hand or your left hand or across your chest or on your shoulders. You could carry something on the back of your hand. Is this not like nuts? You could, you could carry something on the back of your hand. You could carry something on your foot. I don't know how you would do that. You could carry something on your elbow. I don't know how you would do that. You could carry something in your ear. I think I'm carrying something in my ear right now. That's why I'm dizzy. You could carry something in your ear. You could carry something in your hair. You could carry something in the hem of your skirt or in your shoe or in your sandal. But on the Sabbath, get this, you were forbidden to tie a knot except a woman could tie a knot in her girdle. (laughs) I told you underscore bold, man-made traditions. You could tie a knot in your girdle. Now, if you needed a bucket of water and you had to raise it up out of the well, you couldn't tie a knot on the rope to that bucket, but a lady could take off her girdle and you could tie the girdle to to the bucket and... I didn't write this stuff. I'm just telling you this is what's there. A woman on the Sabbath couldn't wear jewelry. She couldn't wear hair weave because that was considered carrying a burden. Now, if that were true today, let's just say we'd have a lot shorter hair among the ladies in this room today. You couldn't wear hair weave in those days on the Sabbath. If you wore a wooden leg, get this, and your house caught on fire, you couldn't put it on and run out of the house because that was considered work on the Sabbath. And so we sit here and we listen to this and we laugh at this. And what Jesus is saying is, listen, these burdens that the legalists put on people are too heavy to bear. Now, one thing, listen, that Jesus hated more than anything else. Jesus hated heaping burdens on people. Don't you remember when he said, to whom the Son sets free is free indeed. Jesus came to free folk, not to put you in bondage. I'm gonna wait while you all clap your hands because that's true. He came to set the captives free. So he hates it when people put people in bondage. A yoke of bondage. You know, Some people are like, well, God, God can't hate anything. God is a God of love. God loves everything. God loves everyone. No. There are plenty of things that God hates. God hates people putting burdens on people. God hates divorce. He loves divorced people. Don't get it wrong. But God hates divorce. There are many things that God hates. And God hates people putting burdens on people number, for two reasons. Number one, because it, it misrepresents God. And number two, because it's a burden on the people. I think of Matthew chapter 11, verse 28 and 30. As Jesus said, come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you what, saints? Rest. It's on the screen." And take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly at heart, and you will find what? Rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. You know, somebody once said that these are the dearest, sweetest words ever heard by mortal ears. Man, I love that word, rest. And it seems the older I get, the more I like it. Doesn't it seem the older you get, the more naps you take? And I remember power naps, man. I remember when I was a few years ago. I mean, I ain't that old. But I mean, a few years ago, uh, you take a nap, you take a power nap. Man, take a power nap. Five minutes, I just need five minutes. I close my eyes, five minutes, I'm ready to go, man! Five minutes, yeah! I feel great, ooh! Just five minutes, I can get in the car, pull off the side of the road. Five minutes, woo, I'm ready to go. Now my power nap is like six hours knocked out for six hours, and then when I wake up, can I get a witness? Anybody know what I'm talking about? And then when I wake up, I'm like, man, I'm tired. (laughs) You just, I mean, you like, you know, Jesus said, listen, he isn't saying, come to me, and I will get, and you can take a nap. He says, come to me, and I will give you what, saints? Rest. Jesus hates it when, you, when, when people put burdens on people because it's his mission to be a burden lifter and a burden bearer and not a burden bringer. And that's why we gotta be careful not to put burdens on people. Because I'll tell you something, you're, you're, being, you're not being Christ-like when you put burdens on people. I've had people tell me, can you believe this? You know, this you know, Pastor Ronnie, you you guys are really in the grace. You guys are really in the grace. I mean, you guys are too much in the grace. Somebody told me we were too much in the grace. I'm like, what are you taking? Oh, you guys are just too much in the grace. There's just too much in the grace. I'm like, you know, it's amazing to me. There's never too much grace when you are coming to Christ and giving your life to Jesus. But once you give your life to Jesus, now all of a sudden, oh, there's too much grace. Listen, there's never too much grace. I don't know about you, but I'm glad about grace. Then never too much grace. God gives us grace because God is a burden lifter. And he doesn't like it when people put burdens on people and cause people to bear burdens that they themselves won't bear. So this lawyer says, Jesus, you're really hurting our feelings. And the reason he said that is because, listen, they wrote the law that the scribes copied and the Pharisees enforced. Thus they were responsible for complicating the word and taking that which was supposed to bless men and they made it a burden to men. Woe number five, woe to you prophet persecutors in verses 47 through 51. We just read it. The Pharisees built, improved, embellished, embroidered the tombs of the prophets. In other words, Jesus says, because you're building the tombs of the prophet, you're admitting that the prophets were great men because you're honoring them. And at the same time, it was your fathers who killed them. And notice, from the blood of Abel, isn't that interesting that Jesus puts Abel, remember Cain and Abel, Jesus puts Abel in the category of a prophet. Hebrews chapter 11 tells us the blood of Abel prophesied. And from Abel to Zechariah, Abel was in Genesis, the first book of the Hebrew Old Testament. And Zechariah was in second Chronicles, which is the last book in the Hebrew Old Testament on their scroll. So Jesus says every righteous person that was murdered Their blood is going to come upon you. And listen, the reason they were guilty of the whole history of violence against the prophets is because they were about to crucify the one who the prophets prophesied about. Did you get me? The reason that God accused them and told them that they are guilty of every prophet previously that had been killed and blood had been shed, Jesus lays all that blood, are y'all following me? Jesus lays all that blood at the feet of these men and say, you are guilty because they are about to kill the prophet whom the prophets prophesied about, and that would be Jesus. And Jesus says, you're guilty. Woe number five. Woe to the knowledge-stealers in verse 52. Notice again, woe to the lawyers. For you have taken away the key of knowledge and you did not enter in yourselves and those who were entering in you hindered. Now listen, there's a threefold problem here these lawyers had. Number one, if you're taking notes, they failed to enter in. They spent plenty of time studying, but they missed a point. You see, the whole of Scripture, listen to me, look at me, please. The whole of the Bible, from cover to cover, from Genesis to Revelation, from cover to cover, the whole of the Bible speaks of Christ. And if you are reading the Bible and you do not see Jesus, then you are reading it wrong. Then you are missing something. It was Jesus in John chapter 5, John 5, 39. Jesus said to these Pharisees, he said, You do search the scriptures, and in them you think you have life, but they are they which testify of me. In other words, Jesus was saying to these Pharisees, Listen, you study the Bible, and you spend time in the Word. And you might even be a student of the scriptures. Jesus said, I got no problem with that. He said, the problem is you're studying the Bible, but you're missing me. The whole of the Bible speaks of Jesus Christ. He is on every page cover to cover. Colossians chapter two, verse three, the Bible tells us in him are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. Second Peter chapter one, verse three, he has given us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him. So these lawyers' first problem is that they failed to enter in. Their second problem is they made the study of the word of God so complicated with their interpretations that common folks couldn't understand it which is what I see a lot of today. Anybody should be able to understand the Bible. And any preacher standing in the pulpit, it is their responsibility to make the word of God clear enough, plain enough, so that the average Joe can understand it. And what I see a lot, because in the morning when I'm getting ready, I turn, I, Turn on the TV, brush my teeth, and check out various preachers on TV and churches and stuff. Just you know, pass it. And you know, you know, a a television ministry can 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 be a blessing, but it can also be a curse. And so you hear these weird, contorted, aberrant teachings that people extract these meanings from the scriptures and I'm like, where did you get that from? Sometime I'm like yelling at the TV. And is like, honey, why do you watch that stuff? I can't believe he said it. did you hear him say that? And she's going, honey, you're putting your blood pressure up for no reason. I can't believe he said her. The stuff that these guys are teaching, and then and then what happens is when the people you know they'll say something that's just honestly strange, and then the, the people they don't get it. So, in the audience, you hear crickets, <laughs> and the people are like, and then and then, then then they go, Oh, well, you know what, you'll just get that when you get more spiritual. Or when you get more mature or when, you know, you'll get that when you kind of arrive. It's almost like people are setting themselves up as if they are the only one that God can speak to and that God speaks to them, and it's their job to speak to you. And if God doesn't speak to them, then God is not speaking to you. Listen, that could not be further from the truth. Any person on the earth who is a born-again believer, let me preface it with that, who is a born-again believer, who has the Holy Spirit inside of them, leading them, teaching them, guiding them, can understand this book. Anyone. Anybody. Anybody. And let me tell you something. I tell anybody, if I can understand it, anybody can. I'm not that bright. Don't y'all say amen. Don't make me come out. I ain't that dizzy. I'll come out there. I really, I mean, anybody can understand God's word. I will never forget this. Somebody ever say something to you years and years and years ago, and it sticks in your mind, you never forget it. I will never forget. My pastor told me 20 Joe must've been 24 years ago, 23 years ago. He said, put the cookies, he said, Rodney, put the cookies on the shelf where the kids can get them. I will never forget that. That meant bring the word of God down. Make it simple enough where everybody can understand it. And listen, if God himself, Jesus Christ, can leave the throne of God, the kingdom of God. God himself can come down to the earth, take on the form of man and teach us and lead us and show us how to live our lives. And Jesus himself can take a child and put a child on his lap and a child can learn something from Jesus. Who are we to stand up as if we have some super insight from God that only certain select people can really understand it? really, Jesus took a step down, I would call, leaving heaven, coming to the earth, a step down. Would you? And he came down, and kids love to be around Jesus. You know, you can almost tell if a person, you know what, this is my own little thing, all right? I'm not going to make this like the law. But here's my own little thing. I can tell if a person really, really has an anointing and a gift to teach God's Word. You know how? Because kids like to be around them. Because they don't think that they're like all that in a bag of chips. So when kids come around, kids like to be around them and like, to, and like to hang around them. Kids like to be around Jesus. Don't you see the simplicity in the life of Christ? And how is it that we've gotten it so complicated? No, we don't read the Talmud, and we don't read the Mishnah, and we don't read the Torah, quote-unquote, but we have our own little legalisms and our own little issues that we look at an individual and, oh, you can't do this, and you can't do that, and you shouldn't do this, and you shouldn't do that. Listen, anyone should be able to understand God's word. We should make it simple enough where anybody can understand it. Don't complicate it. The third problem these guys had is not only that they failed to enter in and they failed and they made the study of God's word complicated, but then finally they didn't enter in and watch this and they hindered other people from entering in. Now it's one thing if you don't want to enter into rest. It's one thing if you don't want to enter into a more spiritual, a more deeper relationship with God. You don't desire to get close to God, that's fine. That's between you and God. But the problem comes in in God's mind, the problem comes in is when you begin then to hinder others from entering in. Well then, that's a problem, my friend. So you don't want to get close to God, but then you hinder those who want to get close to God and and they tell you, oh, you know, I think I want to go to church more. Well, why do you want to do that? And Sunday morning enough. No, I feel like I just want to get closer to God. Well, you know, and you can do things and say things and act a certain way that causes people not to enter in. They hindered people from entering in and seeking the Lord. You know, I read this report. Oh, my gosh, I got to come in for a landing. Where did time go? I was reading this report from Christianity Today. Listen at this. The number one, shocking, the number one cause of atheism is Christians. Is that shocking? The number, I guess not. The number one cause of atheism is Christians. Those who proclaim God with their mouth and deny him with their lifestyle, the unbelieving world finds that unbelievable. In other words, when the world sees people say that they are Christians, but their lives are no different than anyone else, that to the world is unbelievable. And at the same time, we as believers, we talk about the power of God. I don't understand this. I'm sorry, I just don't get it. We talk about the power of God, and our God is a powerful God, and our God is an awesome God. We sing songs, our God is an awesome God. We, do, we sing songs, and we, and we talk about the power of God, the omnipotence of God, and the omnipresence of God, and God can do anything. And is there anything too hard for God? No, there's nothing too hard for our God. He can move mountains. We do all of this talking about the awesome strength and the power of our God. But when we, as Christians, listen, I'm not trying to hurt your feelings. I'm trying to help you. But when we as Christians decide to get a divorce, the message that we are sending to the world is yes, we have a powerful God, but He's not powerful enough to keep your marriage together. (laughs) My bad. I'm sorry. He's not powerful enough to keep my marriage together now, but he's an awesome, awesome, powerful God. What happens is, is that we are talking the talk, but we're not walking the walk. Talking the talk, but not walking the walk. Listen, that's a trite, seemingly we've used it so much in the church, a trite statement. Talk the talk, walk the walk. But you know what? That actually is a very profound statement. If you're going to talk the talk, then walk the walk. If you're going to tell people you're a believer, then act like one. And if people look at your life and, and, and they see an inconsistency, let me tell you something. You are hindering people from entering the kingdom of God. Whew, that's heavy. Wow, Roddy, lighten up. It's true. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Can I get a witness? All right. (laughs) Y'all still love me? (laughs) You're hindering people from getting in the kingdom of God if your life and your words don't match up. And notice in verse 53, 54, we end right here. As he said these things to them, the scribes and the Pharisees began to assail him vehemently, cross-examine him about many things lying in wait, for him, seeking to catch him in something that he might say that they might accuse him. Notice there's two responses a person can have to hearing the truth. They can respond and repent or resist and get bitter and angry. And that's what they did. They resisted and they said, let's cross examine him and let's kill him. And keep in mind, listen, no one has ever talked to these guys this way. Context, Jesus, come over our house for dinner. Jesus said, really, okay. And he said, Jesus sits down, he says, you murderers, you fools, you self-righteous, unloving, unforgiving, unmerciful, burden builders, dead, rotten on the inside, people. And they probably were like, never have him over again. I love Jesus. So real. What, do you love him? Do you love him? So real. So awesome.
0: You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch in Calvary Chapel, Cary, located in Apex, North Carolina. Join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time.